0: inside to outside repairs to renovations get started on the angie app or visit angie.com today you can do this when you angie that welcome to another edition of the talking metal podcast home of all things hard rock and heavy metal i'm mark striegel host and producer of this show since 2005 back to another episode of talking metal we have some special guests on the show we're going to talk to a member of the band midnight and as co-host joe backed how are you joe great mark who are we talking to who are we talking to today you uh you interviewed somebody from this really great sounding band or project i don't know what what they're right yeah
1: well it's primarily the project of a band member, his name is R, and he's out of Cleveland, Ohio, and he's had the band Midnight since around 2004, okay. and there's quite a few albums out there, and it, there's quite a substantial following. He plays uh, one-off gigs all over the world. Uh, he, he gets two other band members to join him on stage when he plays live. There's YouTube, he's got a good, there's a good YouTube channel with some uh, great live footage of the band. But the reason I really like him, it's uh, you know he's a younger guy, well younger than us, um, and he uh, you know it, he he has a quite an extensive collection of heavy metal that uh, you and I can relate to, and he incorporates a lot of that into his music, and you can really hear it. It sounds like you can hear cool. throwbacks to um, old Venom, uh, the first Bathory album. And a lot of other different sounds that are, you know, make up the fabric of heavy metal.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we listen to some of his music and we'll we'll hear the interview and then uh, you and I can come back and and chat a little bit. I know we both were down at the uh, the expo. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that, the Kiss Expo. But let's uh, let's do this uh, right now. What, What should we play to get into the interview?
1: There's a song called Melting Brain,
0: and it comes in just under two minutes, but it kicks ass. Very cool. We'll check that out, and then we'll hear Joe's interview with Athanar from Midnight here on Talking Metal.
1: Hey, this is Joe Beck from uh, Talking Metal, Talking Rock, and with me I have the honor of speaking with Ethanar from Midnight, a uh, thrash heavy metal band from Cleveland, Ohio, correct?
2: You are correct.
1: All right. Uh, the new I just want to start off. I, the new album, CD, download, whatever you call it nowadays, Sweet, <laughs> Sweet Death and Ecstasy is just phenomenal, uh, especially... Songs like Melting brain rabbit bitch mongrel um, mm-hmm. melting brain <laughs> it comes in a little under two minutes, but it's just it's just great it, you you have every single guitar effect that I love in heavy metal in that song and uh, <laughs> so i just want, I wanted to go into that because it's, it's it's just a great great listen um can you give us a little background on the band
2: on the on the band, well it's actually not even a band. I don't okay. know if, um it's basically just me. Well, it is me. Just All right. So, I mean, it, it was, it was set up to not be a band. I was in bands before that, and it was just, you know, it got to be a drag to be in bands, you know, being married to three, four other dudes with very differing uh, opinions about how things in life should go. Okay. So, yeah, you know, I was just like, okay, well, fuck it. I'll just, um, try a hand at, at uh, making songs I want to hear and recording them myself.
1: Great. So, so you play do you play every instrument on the album?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. That that's phenomenal. So you, I mean you're you're a virtuoso bassist guitar player and you play drums? <laughs> I don't know about
2: virtuoso. But I think a very uh, that's that that's uh that's giving a lot of credit. Uh, I I I'd say I'm a I'm a decent hack at all of the instruments. But, uh, I would have to say
1: you're more than decent. Um, <laughs> I do. What this reminds me of is uh, when I picked up that first Bathory album or the first Venom album, it get, it throws me back to that time, that that joy I received when I listened to those. And well, yet, cool. I believe the musicianship is better on this, and that's why I use the term virtuoso because. I really like the uh the playing on it. There there's some real good chops. There's some great chops on this album.
2: Oh cool man. Thanks. I yeah, I think I, mean, I, mean, I don't know what what your age is, but um you know you know it sounds like we're we're pretty much coming from the same kind of uh same kind of uh, time uh, period there and um but, you know, like those guys, too, I mean, you know, like you know, like Corazon and, and Venom, when, when they recorded those first albums, those, you know, like the first Bathory, I mean, what, he was sixteen, seventeen 17 when he recorded that? Yeah. Uh, uh, Kronos was, let's see, I think he was 19 or 20 in 1983, so if you go back two years, so he was 17, 18 when they recorded Welcome to Hell. So but here I am, you know, when I recorded the, the sweet death next I'm, you know, that was over a year now. So I was 42, 43 years of age, an old fucking man compared to those
1: people. <laughs> okay, come on now. So now, now you're younger than I am. So <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I just turned 44 a couple of weeks ago. So, right. yeah. uh, yeah, I got know, you I said, by, I got you, know, you by it, nine it,
1: years, but no, yo, uh,
2: you got nine it, years on me. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so you, you've seen some good shit, you know, you heard some good shit and oh, you yeah. you can, you can, yeah, you, know, you can tell the, uh, the, uh, know, the, the I don't know, the what, what the hell from the the, the uh, shit from the, the genuine shit from just the uh, the Johnny Come Lately type of things. So. Right,
1: and and I know I want to get back in. I know there's a YouTube video of your uh, extensive collection, which brought back a lot of memories for me. But I want to go back to how did Midnight start? I know you this is this is not your first recording. How did it start? You know, give a little background. And then I want to go, I, you do play all the instruments on the albums, but you do have a very good touring band because I've seen some live footage, you guys. so Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. if you can go back to where Midnight started and then go from there.
2: Well, it started, uh, the, the first record came out in um, October 2003. And uh, it, like I said, that was the reason for it was, okay, I just wanted to hear some music that I wanted to hear. And it was just a um an excuse to to do something you know like to to have a get whatever it is I needed to get out, but just do it by myself and 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 record it myself well I didn't actually do the recording myself you know uh, you know i don't i don't all I know how to do is press play and record a cassette deck I don't know how to do uh the engineering of shit like that but it, it, that's that's the way it started off, and that's the way it is. essentially now same same kind of uh um thought process all that kind of shit it's just it's just it's just me recording songs that i want to hear
1: right now Mm -hmm. do you go are you going into a studio
2: um a studio per se (laughs) it's not really it's it's like uh you know people that i know that have recording gear yeah, I mean, cause it uh, sounds, it's not necessarily like um, you know, like I'm walking into uh, you know, like a big building with you know right. all the, the the necessary you know the glass uh, vocal booths and whatnot. You know, it's a, it's someone's basement with recording gear, but it
1: basically. sounds great. It's not it's not that shit, and it, it just I, I I can't say enough about the recording on the new album. So whatever well, you yeah,
2: do, yeah, and, and that's what yeah. it is too. I mean, it's like I don't I I use. I use the same gear that I've had forever, you know, probably the same gear like you know, of bands like what we were just talking about there too. You know, it's, all the gear I use is from the 70s. It's you know, Gibson SG's, Marshall amps. You know, it's not like I'm running in there with a mess of boogie with a pre-rectifier module indicators or you know. Right. You know, what I'm saying it's, it's not it's not it's, it's drums. It's not sampled drums, you know. So many of so many bands nowadays that are Still, even consider themselves old school thrash metal. Just still use sampled drums, the, and yeah. um, this this is just drums with microphones in front of them. You know, recorded in a room. It's it's, it's nothing. There's no uh, brain surgery about it. You know, it's it's uh, pretty simple.
1: Yeah, and and that's that's I, probably the reason why I love it. Um, so now, the, how long has the mid, has midnight been around?
2: How how long was that?
1: So when did Midnight start?
2: 2003. That was okay. the, first, that was the first, uh, first record came out in October 2003.
1: Okay. And, how, and now Sweet Death and Ecstasy is what, is what number released for the for Midnight?
2: It, well, it, it, technically, I guess it would be the third full length. Okay. But there was records worth of material before that as far as, you know, like, a five song EP here, a, a six song EP there, a, a, like a seven inch here, a comp track there. And that's all compiled on a, on a, a record, a double LP uh, from, from Hell's Head Bangers also called Complete and Total Health. So if you, if you, you know, there's, there's, that's a double record there. And then there's three full length. So technically there's probably like five full length records, Yeah. but, um, yeah, you know, like I said, all the early material was just little, little dog kisses, what I like to call them. You know, a okay. little squirt here, squirt there, and um, so you know, just compiled them on a uh, uh, you know, a double album set.
1: Now, there's great live footage of of Midnight online. Now, who, who's your, who do you get for your touring band?
2: They're dudes that live um, right around here in the Cleveland area. Um, they're they're um, just really fucking good musicians, really almost too good to be in this band, <laughs> you know, They're and, um, sometimes I just, you know, I had to swap them up a little bit, you know, bring them down to, bring them down to my level. So they're, so they're slumming for sure. Yeah, but they put but on a great um,
1: show. I, I watched, um, I, I watched, uh, footage from your last tour. You were on a, uh, package tour, correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. decibel tour yeah, with obituary decil- and creator. Right.
1: It just, it's just, it's so much fun to watch. It's everything I loved when I first got into hard rock and metal. Even, even like, you know, even, you know and I, I hate the whole, we're going to get into your collection because it, it, it rivals mine, but the whole label, I, I hate labeling music. I just like stuff that rocks. And it seems like, right. and you guys encompass everything I love in, in that footage. Even, it, even like it has that feel of the uh, Sex Pistols. When they first came out, and uh, and I mentioned bands like Venom and and Bathory, but it even it, you know you, you can hear some Kiss in there. It, it it's just really yeah, yeah it, it's it's great stuff. So well, uh, that's
2: that's I mean that's a that's a thing about it. It's like yeah. I, I'm I'm just like what you're talking about. What it sounds like you're the same way, man. It's like you know what's what's wrong with liking UFO? What's wrong with like the Ramones? What's wrong with liking all those bands? You, you, why do you have to? Just be uh, a band that, that that oh we're we're um, so genre specific we're ambient black metal with paganistic violins or whatever the fuck kind of lame ass <laughs> um, uh, you know sub 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 genre there there is it's it's just why why label yourself um, so right. it's it, what it is I mean I, I play music and it com- you know it comes out rough and uh, it comes out the way it comes out but. Yeah, I I don't that's that's I can't help that. So, however, people want to label it if they feel the need to, go ahead. But um, yeah, man, I, as far as live shows, what you were talking about too, the same thing. It's like you know, I just don't want to go up there and um, sit in the corner and 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 look at my shoes or or with that being said too, there's no need to go up there and. and Talk in a death metal voice and go. What the fuck is up, people? You know, right, and, yeah. and that's that's just as a, much of a fucking joke anyway, too. You know, and right. so pretending you're some tough guy. Uh, so you go up there, and you do whatever your gut tells you to do, and so, uh, usually, you when know, you're playing this type of music, you know, some it, it does get you pumped up. You know, your 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 heart is going, your blood's going, and so go with it.
1: So, with your touring bands, are are they different members every time you go out, or are you you looking for the same guys? Or uh,
2: no, it's more well. The the these guys, this guitar player has has been playing um, with with me since uh, December two thousand and twelve. Okay. And then the drummer has been. Uh, let's see, his first gig was in uh, March of uh, two thousand and fourteen. Now so do they been the
1: have same lineup since then? Do they have names? I know you're Athenar. and did, did you name? Do you name your touring band?
2: Oh yeah, Secret Steel is the drummer. Okay. And uh, Vanek is the guitar player.
1: Okay. No, well, yeah. well done. Yeah. Now, it, as far as the, it's pretty interesting because you know in this day and age, it's obviously tough to make money um, unless you're a huge band touring. Or you have you know you fit certain genres like Black Country Communion, who I love, will only play in England because they don't have a market here. Apparently, in the United States. So for you to go out all the time and play gigs, how is it economically uh, viable for you to do that?
2: Well, well, we don't really to to be honest with you, we don't really do too many gigs. Um, that that tour that we did, uh, you know, earlier in two thousand seventeen or spring of seventeen that was the most extensive tour we've ever done. And okay. that was 24 shows. Yeah. So before that, but we played all over the world, um, just, you know, flying out for the week. I and mean, we played Dubai, we played New Zealand, Australia, Japan, uh, Europe several times, uh, you know, mostly festivals and shit like that. Cause I just, I'm a, you know, I'm a basement dweller. You know, I, I don't, <laughs> no. I don't really like, uh, a lot of, uh, Goes on outside in the world, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I feel comfortable hanging out at home.
1: No, especially but, especially um, now. I'm sure it's same temperature as here. It's you know it, it was 11 Minus minus eleven today. So I'm, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> um, but so it, it, is it? It's economically viable for you to do that?
2: Well, it economically it, it works out okay because it's okay. only three of us. Yeah, and um, you know we all have jobs. You know, we're not like. Uh,
1: oh no, I understand, but I, I want to so make sure. Not, yeah, it, it, it's a business, and I want to make sure you're going out and making money.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not like we're we're, you know, as far as touring, we don't we don't go out, we don't we don't do it enough to where we have to survive on it. So okay. you go out there, you do some gigs, you make a couple bucks, and that's about what it is, you know. And then you come home, you you work your job, you pay your bills with your with that money, and you know it all works out. You know, it's it's not like. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I play music because I because I um, cause I have to to get it out of my system. You sure. know, whether I get paid or not, that's another thing. But it's not like, uh, what am I going to do for my profession? I'm going to play guitar? No, I, I I I can't do that. Well, I, maybe I could, but I just wouldn't. Um, it would it would feel different. You know, like once you start getting using something as your job, then you feel like, oh man, I have to push out another t-shirt design. Oh, I have to push out a fucking hoodie design. Oh, okay, I have yeah, to yeah. get out, you know, and you have to worry about the bullshit stuff. About it. I don't want to worry about the bullshit stuff. No, I don't want to worry about um, <clears throat> making music and that's about it. Right. You know, that,
1: I actually have a, you know. I have a friend here in Chicago. His name's Carlo Basilli. and he played metal when we were in high school but now he's one of the, he's like the, one of the top flamenco guitar players. In the world and he has a Grammy but he still has to work a regular job to make ends meet even though he tours the world and plays uh you know here all over in Chicago he still has to do it but he but he has the love of the music and the talent so I fully understand yeah what about -hmm. the what about the sales of the recordings um is I, I do you do okay on that I'm just fascinated by the business aspect especially nowadays
2: I, well, hate, I, mean, I hate I, the fact I, I think that it people okay Because uh, you know, w- this this type of music, it's uh, people still want to buy the buy the actual record or the CD. You know, I think for now at least, who knows who knows what it'll be um, in a couple of years. But I think uh, most uh, <clears throat> metalheads and you know rockers and stuff have a somewhat of a collector's mentality, and they like to have a record and they like to have the best sound quality they can, you know, because, you know, when you, when you download shit, I mean, I don't, I don't, well, I was, it was hard enough just to get this interview going. You know, I, I, I just have a flip phone and a, I'm, I don't listen to shit gonna, on the computer. I listen to records. I, I, uh, I'm several years behind the times, I guess, in technology, but, um, I think for the most part, people still want to buy the record and want to buy the CD and, Get the best sound quality
1: on it, you know. Um, well, I got it off uh, of iTunes, and I I do listen off my phone, but it still sounds great. And, you know, I, I, I like the physical aspect of it, but I also like having my entire collection in the palm of my hand in my car, which is cool. Yeah, that's yeah. something, too. Yeah, yeah. There
2: is, there's something it, to it, that. You know? It
1: sounds great on the uh, download as well.
2: So well, okay, well, that's good to know. <laughs>
1: yeah, going into there's a video of you, a tour of your house, your your record collection. Man, I get I, I kick myself because I had all that vinyl and I got rid of it. I still have the CDs, but some of that vinyl you pulled out, just great stuff. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like the Bludgeon that's, just, that's just a little bit of it too. I
2: mean, that's that's he just you know I just picked out some random shit. You know, I didn't even yeah. pick out any like top gems.
1: But, but. all that comes across in your recording especially the latest one uh sweet death and ecstasy um I, am i correct all your all your metal influences whether it's from the early def leppard to the batteries to that's all coming out in in these recordings correct in some shape or form or the other yeah i mean whether it's the uh the uh, bass drum
2: hi-hat work of Rick Allen coming through over over the top of a, a, of a pick slide that would come from Bathory or something. Yeah, it's any any kind of like minuscule detail is going to poke its head through somewhere, you know? Right. Uh, it, it, it just soaks in you, and then it's it's been in there for so long. I mean, you've listened to this shit since you're 9, 10 years old, so 30, 35 years of stuff being ingrained in you it's gonna come out somewhere whether you uh, you know it goes in your body and it stirs around with your own bullshit that you have in there and then it'll poke out somewhere right but yeah
1: yeah again we have uh right now joining us is uh Ethanar from midnight out of cleveland the new album is called sweet death and ecstasy what's the best way for people to uh, obtain this phenomenal recording
2: well, I, don't, I guess uh, the best way, you know, as always, is just go to your local record store and demand it. <laughs> okay. But um, um, if, if that's not a possibility for you or if, if, you, if you don't like leaving the house like myself, if you just, if you just go to uh, Hell's Headbangers' uh, website, which I, which I believe is hellsheadbangers.com, and uh, they should have it in there and have the mailman deliver it to you. All
1: right. Very good. And you also have very good uh, – there's a very good fan page on Facebook. That lists everything about the band. Um, that can contact you as well. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So back to the, back to sweet death and ecstasy. Those three songs. I mean, it, it crushed by demons in prenatal ex, uh, penetratal ecstasy. But man, melting brain rabbit and bitch mongrel right off the. Those three just hit me right in the face, and I love it. And <laughs> <laughs> melting brain, I'm telling you. For it comes under two minutes, and there's everything cool about the guitar that I like in there. You do pick slides, you do pulls. Everything—it's so friggin' awesome. I, <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. Well, that's that's.
2: I'm, I'm glad, man. It, it really, it's really. Uh, I still really good. It's 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 kind of unbelievable to me when when people say they like stuff because you know I, I still don't see. Myself as a musician, or or uh, oh, you're a musician, or a, re- or a real band. You know, it's just like, well, I'm I'm just like uh, still the 11 year old kid, but you know, I'm just doing this little art project on the side. You know,
1: well, you know what you know what angers me it, it is that other 11 year old to 15 15- to 20 year old kids aren't listening to this stuff because this is what they should be listening to. Damn, it's I just, would, I would, yeah. I would hope, yeah. yeah, I would, I would. It because it's fun. It's brutal. It's it takes out your aggressions, in a in a positive way. Um, you know, people would always, you know, I I I listen to metal and and rock and punk and everything, and and I would feel relaxed and calm after listening to that. I would I wouldn't want to go out and fight. You know, it. No, nah, what, yeah. what the hell's the point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it gets your anger out. It's great. It's a great outlet, and and this is a perfect example of it. Now, uh what, it, what, what about live gigs this year? Do you have anything an announced?
2: Um, yeah, we'll probably do a uh, well. The, the the only ones that are announced is like there's a, uh, Columbus show and okay. um,
1: and when's that? And then
2: we're gonna we're gonna go out to the West Coast uh, in May uh, with another band um, from Virginia called Bat and uh, do some gigs out. You know, there's probably like five shows up and down the West Coast, and then there's a festival in Vancouver. So, so how did they well, come about?
1: So you have fans in Canada that will book you, or...? Yeah,
2: oh yeah, like I said, man, all over. I mean, there's, it's just, I mean, we've... Especially in 2013, 2014, like, for the past year or two, I haven't really, I've been really, um... Uh, not into touring at all, but, um... But before that, I mean, yeah, we were just, yeah, you just... I was just get emails and, and say, Hey, do you want to play this festival? Hey, do you want to do this? And, you know, it's pretty, um, pretty, pretty simple. You so know, like I, said, I don't deal with any managers and booking agents and all that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, too many,
1: too it many fingers great. in the
2: pie. And,
1: it sounds you know. like it's really organic. You put out a product and people enjoy it and contact you and it's just, going from there is that correct
2: exactly yeah wow. that's exactly i mean there's no there's no real i mean uh you know I'm, I'm sure people i'm probably not the only person that does this and i you know I'm, i know i'm not the most unique person in the world but it's just <clears throat> i don't really um uh we want to say kind of like i could probably do a lot better <laughs> you know what i'm saying like as far as uh a business aspect of things you know if, if they're if there was somebody that that's you know was uh, you know like so you know looking for gigs and doing this and pushing and promoting and getting on uh serious radio and doing this and that um yeah, I could probably do a lot better, but I'm really not that comfortable with that you know that's not my thing and even interviews I've only started really doing interviews this very very minimally and um phone interviews are cool you know i I don't mind I like bullshitting with people, but a lot of times it's like, um, um, the internet interviews, like where you're, you're typing things and right. it's just, um, I, you know, it's, uh, it's a little tough sometimes. Well, the YouTube, and, the, uh,
1: the YouTube one's pretty cool where the, uh, that young woman comes into your house and you your record collection, and everything. And I, I yeah, that,
2: that, yeah, that was fun. Cause it was kind of yeah. unique. You know, yeah. you know and, and I know the people, so, Uh, they're just you know they're from my area so it wasn't like i was just inviting complete strangers into the house and uh but yeah that was something unique and i thought it was kind of fun so that's then that's another thing i just want to make things do things a little slightly different you know and and just don't follow the same okay you have to do this you have to do that you know it's like no you don't you don't have to do shit (laughs) yeah
1: yeah no that's cool um have you heard of the uh, chicago open air festival here in Chicago, yeah. yeah, I, I, man, you guys would be a perfect fit for the mayhem stage. I would love to see you there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna contact them just to see if they would be willing to get you there if you want to do that. But I, I went last year. It's a phenomenal experience. Um, it's a great. There was
2: uh, well, last year it was with Kiss and Megadeth and Anthrax. Yeah. yeah
1: so the first day it when it was, uh, yeah, right It was Anthrax, Megadeth, Rob Zombie, Kiss, Bam. But the third day, I, didn't, I skipped the second game, They had corn and a few other bands. But the third, the, the third day was just as good. And and Slayer headlined the Mayhem stage, and it was great. And then right after that, Ozzy p- played the main stage. So, mm-hmm. uh, but they, yeah, they. I mean, they they kick off things like at twelve o'clock. I could see you guys definitely on the Mayhem stage and and being a big hit. So, well,
2: do, uh, do it up man we'll play it. Yeah. I love Chicago
1: alright cool yeah and I, I I'm a big fan of Cleveland outside of the uh that, that awful institution you have there that bills itself as a rock <laughs> and roll Hall of fame oh that oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about the Browns well the that's that too <laughs> yeah the Browns are bad too yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other <laughs> someone made a uh, someone someone made a comment does Baltimore need a second team <laughs> oh, shit <laughs> yeah no that was that's pretty bad and he, once again, it's, it's uh, Athenar from Midnight, uh Cleveland-based thrash heavy metal band. Athenar, thanks for joining us on Talking Metal. Any yeah, Once it. again, I want to know, how did they get a hold of you? How did they uh, purchase the album and you know, all that good stuff? Well, yeah, I think, like I said, a
2: local record store would be the best. But if not, then just go on the, the info web there and, and uh, go to Hellheadbangers.com.
1: Hell, hell dot com. Also check Hell's out the, Headbangers.
2: Yeah, yep, that's the record label.
1: Right. And also check out the Facebook page, it has all the links in there. Ethanar thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you, man. Right.
0: Satanic royalty by Midnight off the 2011 album. Thanks for that interview, Joe. What what album? 2011. What was the name of that album? It was
1: called. It, it's the same same title, Satanic royalty. Oh, I also title. want to okay. mention um, on yeah. Reddit, there's going to be q and A Q&A with Ethanar in Midnight on the in the metal section on Reddit, and that is going to be on February 6th, Tuesday, February 6th. At 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. P- uh, Pacific. So, any fans or new fans, if you heard this the the, the interview and the songs, if you want to talk to Athanar, you
0: can go on Reddit and he will be on there. Okay. Hopefully, uh, I'll get this up before the sixth. What's today? The first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll rush it up. I mean, you know, I've been unemployed, so what's which is bad, but what is good, and I guess uh, is that I'm man, I'm doing so many interviews. I just have this this backlog of of interviews. So what I'm going to try to do is just. get as many of these out to you guys as possible and keep the all the episodes rather simple, which means less editing for me. But we have we have so much stuff coming up. I got I got Scott uh Reader from Caius, Todd Kearns from Slash's Band, um Jason McMasters of Dangerous Toys fame, Mike LePond of Symphony X. Uh, Alan Tecchio of uh, of, of Hades and nonfiction. Uh, what else? Bob Nelbandian, who has a new documentary out called Inside uh, Metal. I think it's like the, the L.A. thrash years or something. The epic, uh, iconic manager of Guns N' Roses, Dave Goldstein. I mean, wow, he managed them during the height of their career. John Leon of White Wizard. So all this stuff is coming your way shortly on Talking Metal. Joe, you and I just got back from uh, from the Kiss Expo, and, and one of the reasons that all these interviews are even backing up more is I wanted to put out all the all the Kiss Expo stuff, and uh, which another interview by the way I forgot to mention. Ron Keel will also be uh, on an upcoming episode. So Joe. Um, you wrote a review of the of the kiss uh, expo the Atlanta kiss yes. expo which is up on talkingrock.net in the review section and I'll I'll be honest I I had you pull back a little stuff out of because I I just I didn't uh, I didn't want to offend anybody cuz one thing I notice is I can be a lot more uh open on the podcast cuz it's a more private setting it's a downloadable file people it's going directly into people's ears instead of some blog post so you kept it real positive in that review yes. you wrote for me which which was awesome cuz it was I, honestly a very positive event but you you had a few things, or maybe it's only a couple things that, that maybe bothered you about the, uh, about the Kiss Expo. And since I've been spending a lot of time talking about how great the Atlanta Kiss Expo was, what were your, what were your major, let, let's look at the negative, which, you know, I don't always like to do, but what were some of your, your complaints about the Kiss Atlanta, the Atlanta Kiss Expo with Vinnie Vincent?
1: You know, in hindsight, I really don't have any complaints. Uh, it, it about the expo. And that's primarily because I didn't encounter any of the long lines or anything. My only uh, beef was with a few of the people I interacted with on the on the side of the, you know, with the dealers and, and a few other people that it was, it was a personal
0: thing. Right. So uh, what happened? Uh, we'll cut right to the chase. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. You know, Eddie Trunk's a guy I'm friends with. I think he's a good guy. He, he lives near me. We've worked together. He, I'm a big fan of his work for, for decades now, but, but was he, was he kind of rude when you, when you met him? What happened? Yeah, you know, so
1: I, yeah I went up to him and just said, I, I really enjoyed his interview with uh, Tonka Uh, Paul Chapman from UFO. And I didn't get that much of a warm response from him. Then I mentioned something else. I know a guy who has a podcast out in L.A. and he wants to do a UFO episode with him. So the conversation wasn't very pleasant. That being said, he was probably uh, really under a lot of stress because he was setting up for the Vinnie Vincent interview. So I'll cut him some slack there. And then there there are a few other guys I interacted with, but if, by and large, I I thought it was a great experience. Now, talking, and there's, believe me, there's like a load of Vinnie Vincent KISS Expo reviews out there, uh, you know, on, out in the podcast land. But my experience was, for the most part, great. It was great sitting with you, talking with you, uh, talking with John Ostrowski. Uh, Ron Keel was awesome. Bob Kulik was awesome. Uh, a lot of, most of the dealers were, um, and, but there, I, I talked to people, like I, I, knew a guy who had the, the, um, number 60 in the autograph, the VIP line on Friday. And he waited, he, the majority of his experience for the whole weekend was waiting in line. And I didn't, uh, the I didn't lines experience. were insane. I mean, they, they yeah, stretched the lines around the hotel, insane. right? Exactly. So I didn't experience that. and, and Quite honestly, if I had to experience that, I would have bailed because I like Vinnie Vincent and it was a momentous occasion, but I wasn't going to wait in line for five, six hours to see the guy. That being said, I am great. I am really happy I saw him. I thought the Q&A was awesome. He was incredibly gracious and kind answered every single question that was put forth to him whether you agree with his answers or not he did not uh he did not duck any questions it seemed like he was going to duck the question on the box set but no he returned to it and talked about it in length a lot of people aren't happy with his answer but he he, he addressed the question and and uh, answered it
0: absolutely yeah, I, yeah. it was a fun, really fun event and uh i i you know next time i, I need to be more prepared for it it was kind of a whirlwind getting down there and and i hadn't really planned things out but i i still i still feel like we got back with a bunch of great content that's up on our youtube page youtube.com slash talking metal or the the video section
1: for a ride too they what it what in your defense the hotel kind of took you and emily for a ride yeah uh, yeah
0: i didn't even tell that story we got there and we went to check in and they were like, Oh, you know, and I had a reservation for months, you know, at this hotel and they're like, Oh, we don't have a room for you, we're overbooked so they sent us uh they, they sent us across the street to what actually was a nicer hotel, but still it was across the street and it was, you know, kind of a, a pain in the butt when you're hauling a bunch of equipment and stuff, uh, they, they, and they, they comped the, some of the, the cost for us, which was also nice, but still it was, I would honestly rather just paid and been in, in the, the same hotel. Cause then we moved the second, I'm trying to think, dude, everything's so, yeah, we moved the second night into the, yeah. uh, the hotel, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I will say, in Eddie Trunk's defense, it was he was it was a mob scene. He definitely was under pressure with that uh, doing a remote serious show, uh, serious radio show. And and you know, I I, I get it. I, I've had I've had people say, oh, you know, your co-host on Talking Metal, that guy's a jerk, John Ostrowski. And yet, I've had many other people say, oh, he's the nicest guy in the world. You know, the truth is he's probably somewhere in between both of those (laughs) things, you know, but 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 it all it all depends when you catch somebody, you know, and and when when John's out working with Ace and and everyone's trying to, you know, get Ace's attention and talk to Ace and Ace just needs to get to the the uh, the sound check, you know, sometimes he'll snap at people and or put them in their place or simply ignore them. And people take that the wrong way. So I do understand uh, the, the that when you're under pressure. To do something, it can uh, affect um, affect your your attitude uh, towards people. Um, but but yeah, it was a great event, and I, I am very curious to what the future holds for vinnie vincent if anything what if you had to make a prediction do you think we will now see vinnie vincent start to uh you know reappear in the public will he will he make new music will he end up reforming the vinnie vincent invasion will he end up back in kiss tell me your predictions and then i'll tell you mine on the future of vinnie vincent
1: Well, Derek Christopher, who organized the event, already has announced he's having a Nashville event. But there has not been a date that's set. And also Gene Simmons has said he's invited Vinny to his vault. So taking that into perspective, I would think after this experience, Vinny's going to be at the vault. And he's also going to be at this next Kiss Expo. Other than that, I don't see... I mean, I, I don't know where, you know, where he's at. Um, you know, the acoustic performance that he put on, I thought was very nice, but it didn't look like he was in any shape to bring back an invasion show. So I don't, you know, I, I really don't see that happening. I don't even know how popular the the invasion really was to where it would be a viable thing. I mean, his, I mean, they had a couple thousand people show up to that event. So you know, maybe a one off show or a couple of shows. But I, 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 I don't know if he's what he's going to do as far as recording or revamping a band. But I do think he's going to be at the next Kiss Expo. And I do think he is sincere in showing up to the Gene Simmons vault in Nashville.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. My my prediction, and I could easily be proved proved wrong, is we probably won't hear any new music from Vinnie Vincent. Uh, we most likely might not even see him perform music live again, uh, except for possibly some little strumming on the acoustic, like he did at the Atlantic. Kiss Expo. However, I, I've now come to believe that he's back and he will be a, a fixture on on these these at these Kiss conventions or you know rock sci-fi conventions. You know where a lot of these guys like Ace go and and even Eric Singer go and. and make a bundle of money or, or, or Bruce Kulick. you know, I, I think, um, I think Vinny, Vinny most likely will start appearing. I think he, he was out of the public eye for numerous reasons. One may be, I mean, obviously the way he looked was, was, was a topic and, and maybe that's one of the reasons he was out of the public eye. Maybe it was because, of the personal problems he had in his, his marriage and and the lawsuits and all these things combined I think are enough to make somebody not want to be uh, a public figure and criticized and, and talked about online, but now I think he saw the love at the Atlanta Kiss Expo he saw that he can make some money, let's be honest he saw that he can make some probably decent money appearing at these, these expos and conventions and, and I've actually heard from an inside source he's he's very interested in how um, how much money can be made at at the at the expos and conventions moving forward. So, yeah. I I think uh, I think we may we may start to see him more in the public eye. I am much more skeptic- skeptical that we'll see new music from him or even live performances from him. That's just, that's just my prediction, my guess. Um, you know, that's, that's where I think it'll go and Hey, it's good to have him back. I I like, I love hearing his stories. Like you said, you know, they're, they're his versions of, of, of events. You know, we've, we've read, you know, Paul and Jean's versions in, in, in their books, of of you know Vinny in and out of kiss uh, you know so so it's nice to hear Vinny's side of it and i i would love to hear, hear even more stories from him Yeah
1: it, i i totally agree with you one of the uh, i i found more fascinating parts of the expo were just talking to the people that traveled there and the um you know like i talked to a couple of guys people travel from finland australia i was talking to the guys from finland quite a bit and they were really interesting uh they they're really involved in the music scene uh the one guy writes for one of the heavy metal magazines but he there one of the guys was under the theory that vinny had to have been writing songs all this time not having his name on there but just like pumping out songs and selling it for cash to artists in the nashville area cuz there's some somehow he was he had to be surviving on some type of income. And I wonder if he's going to take a role more in that too, because of his uh, reputation as a songwriter. And he's right there in the hotbed of the music scene. If he can hook up yeah. with one of the major, you know, really major acts down there and write a couple
0: songs. I mean, it, nice I, lib- I don't mean to disagree with you, but is he really that well known as this like, brilliant songwriter. Sure. He wrote some great songs for Kiss and The Vengeance and Invasion, but it's not like he wrote a Shania Twain song or, you know, Ellie Clarkson song. Did he? I I don't know. I I don't I I don't
1: exactly. Or or has he? And he wrote, you know, he just signed off on it for cash. I don't know. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's true. He's been gone for 20 years and maybe that reputation, you know, has faded away.
0: But I, I don't think he's in demand as a songwriter. That's, I, right. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. I just, honestly, I don't think that anymore. I think what he's in demand for are KISS expos and KISS conventions and KISS cruises and anything that these hardcore fans are, are willing to pay money for. I, I don't think he's in demand as a songwriter. I don't think he was writing songs on the Nashville circuit, circuit under an assumed name. I mean, anything's possible, but let's right. face I mean, in the in the Q&A, he mentioned that his wife was I believe he mentioned his wife was working and he wasn't. He was just basically home dealing with the lawsuit, which we know he lost and probably wiped him out of any money he had. His house was foreclosed on. I believe we know that it's. Uh, this guy wasn't writing, you know, ghostwriting for Celine Dion, as far as I'm, <laughs> I'm concerned. <Yeah. laughs> I, just, I don't think, uh, or, or, or anybody for that, or, you know, the top country artist, uh, you know, Toby Keith or anything. I don't think, I just don't think that that was happening. I, I suspect that things were fine, that financially things were not great for Vinny these, these past 20 to 30 years, hence the box set and the money disappearing, you know, um, right i i just i i don't think he's been working at all i mean i squ- i wondered does the guy work a day job you know i is does yeah. he go to an office every day and 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 you know do do something does is he working a a day job i mean that was that was my I, if he was i don't know if he'd ever admit it you know right but that was my uh my question, you know, I was really wondering, what does this guy do? Is he does he go out and and like work? And you know, I don't know, I don't know. It's a mystery. It is a mystery, but it was great seeing him. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, what do you got planned uh, coming up as far as shows and
0: this yeah. year? What do you look forward to? Uh, as far as uh, concerts, I'll be attending. Yes, we yes. got Ace freely this weekend, so okay. looking forward to that. And just actually in in two days. I got uh, Saxon and Judas Priest and Black Star Riders. Yeah, uh, I got to make that show. I, yeah, just yeah. bought just bought tickets today for Def Leppard and Journey. Uh, Where
1: are they playing out by you? Because they're playing Wrigley Field in Chicago. They're wow, playing some that's large. Ven- yeah, they're playing some pretty large venues. Where are they playing by you?
0: They are playing. They're doing two nights, so okay. two arena nights. They're doing. As of now, just one night at Madison Square Garden in the yes. heart of uh, yeah of New York yeah. City, which isn't as big as you know nowhere as big as Wrigley Field, but it's a big arena. Um, right. It's not a stadium like Wrigley Field. Uh, but then two nights later they are playing literally like 10 miles away from Madison square garden at another really big arena. So that's, that's a lot of, uh, we call the Prudential center in, in Newark, which is where right. I'm going to see them, which is a, a quick cab ride from my house Uber ride. So, okay. um, that's where I'll, I'll see them. And I did notice that there is that date in between. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they'll add a set, if they're planning on adding a second night at, at, Madison square garden. But right now it's just those two dates booked, but that's a lot for, you know, for any band to do in, in a small area. Um, again, you know, Newark, New Jersey, and and New York city, very close, like literally 10 miles away from one another. So if that even, yeah, I'm trying to think, yeah, probably about 10 miles. Um, so I suspect they'll, they'll probably fill both of those places. Um, but, but we'll see.
1: I've noticed that they're going to flip flop the headlining act. Oh, so, are they? I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it goes. It, it's almost every other night, but it, they, they. It's also market centric. So when they play out in San Francisco, Journey obviously is going to headline. But the Chicago date, Def Leppard's the headliner. So I think that's pretty cool too. Hopefully, it doesn't pa- fall apart like it did with the Sam and Dave tour. But I, I think they're they're on the same page and they're professionals and they're gonna. Worked that out. But yeah, so depending on where you go, if you, you look on the website, um, you know, Def Leppard will be the headliner one night and journey will probably be the headliner the next night. Cool. And, uh,
0: yeah. Cool. Yeah. I got Alice Cooper coming up too in March. Right. I got, uh, M three. I'm going to check that out. Um, I don't know if I'll go for both nights, but I'm definitely going to drive down to Maryland for the Saturday night, which is again, Ace Frilly, Queensryche loudness, a lot of great bands on the bill that night, and that's, Slaughter yes. is playing. Um, okay, I'm going to ch- be up in heavy heavy Montreal this summer. Uh, really, min- yeah. Ministry and uh, Ministry is playing right near my house. I'm going to see that. I think that's April. Um, Chicago, Chicago band. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's other shows too, which are, are so the,
1: Mo- the Montreal. Who's going to be at the Montreal show? Montreal
0: is one of my absolute favorite cities in the entire world. I haven't been up there in a while, but. Yeah, so uh, they haven't announced anything okay. yet so um, I'm told it'll be a good collection of modern metal bands mixed with some of our favorite classic hard rock and heavy metal bands from the 80s and 90s so they usually pull in some big names I mean two, uh, three years ago I think it was Metallica and Slayer headlining you know I saw Twisted Sister there um, <clears throat> Faith No More uh everything all the way down. Lamb of God, uh, Fozzie, um, Testament, Iggy pop. I mean, it's a good collection of, you know, punk and metal bands always at heavy Montreal and it's a great festival. And, And it's just got a much different vibe than anything in America. If you know Montreal, it is it you know unlike Toronto, it's a very different city than say Toronto. It's it's almost got a a European vibe to it. You know, it's a very 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 cool place to uh, to go to catch this uh, great loud rock festival, which happens just about every year. They didn't have it. I th- no they didn't have it last year but they they have it most years and i'm told there'll be some great classic like 80s commercial hard rock bands on the bill this year so definitely uh looking forward to it excellent
1: and what about slayer are you planning on seeing their final
0: show yeah i got a lot of shows happening in june um but they they are coming i believe in june and i i, I love anthrax i love i love uh Lamb of God, and you know, i I've, it's weird. Back in the day, I was never like a crazy Slayer fan, but through the years, I I've really come to appreciate and, and love what they what they did and what they they continue to do, and love the and Gary Holtz in the live. band. What's that?
1: Their live, their live show is amazing.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And like yeah. when I saw them at Heavy Montreal, like probably three years ago, they were just insanely good. So uh, yeah, hope to get to that too. Great, cool. How about you? What shows are coming up?
1: Well, I'm, you know, depending on my schedule, I definitely want to see Priest. Uh, I might even be seeing them out to you, so I'll let you know if I'm out in the area, Uh, because I do not believe I'll be able to catch the Chicago date. They're playing at the uh, casino in Hammond, Indiana. That's their Chicago date. Wow. Okay. And um, yeah, I'm hoping to see Slayer, uh, trying to see if I can get to that Def Leppard show as well. So there's a few shows I want to see, but I do, you know, going back to the midnight um, I'm trying to get them to play Chicago open air. So I've contacted them. I have not heard back, but they're also playing a couple other gigs. Their closest one is in Columbus, Ohio. And if I'm in that area, I'm definitely going to check them out as well. Uh, they, I, they're, they're a band they definitely want to see live. So that's that's what I have in the plans. But uh, if there's any good, good concerts, if whether i'm traveling or if i have some free time at home you know i'll go and have a review up for the website
0: perfect and we will have some links up to where you guys can connect with with midnight online in the show notes uh, at talkingmetal.com or talkingrock.net. While you're there, please check out our other content and use our Amazon links, especially for our listeners in Canada, the United States, and the United Kingdom. Please use those Amazon links, and that'll do it for today. Joe, thank you for your interview and for your time on this episode. No, thank you. It's always a pleasure. All right, guys, take care. We'll talk to you next time.